Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NPFCC Messages Podcast. You're listening to our 2023 Advent Message Series, where we explore the contours of a particular verse in the book of Luke, and we simply believe that message is as true now as it was 2,000 years ago, that Jesus was and still is good news of great joy for all people. So be blessed as you listen to this word. Well, I don't know if you know this, but out of the 195 countries in our world, there are 30 that do not celebrate or recognize Christmas. Uh, the, The countries are Vietnam, Somalia, Laos, Cambodia, Kuwait, Uzbekistan, Iraq, China, Congo, Algeria, Yemen, Kazakhstan, United Arab Emirates, Libya, Iran, Azerbaijan, Comoros, Oman, Mongolia, Turkmenistan, Bhutan, Nepal, North Korea, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Muratina, which I wasn't even sure was a country, Tajikistan, Bahrain, Tunisia, and Afghanistan. And and, and if you take a look at the map, I I, I know many of us look at that and we, we think, man, you know, some of you look at it and go, oh, those, those might be scary places. Those might be enemies. Those might be, but, but I don't know about you, but my heart just breaks to hear that. My heart breaks to hear that these are people who, who don't understand the good news that can bring great joy. I remember um, the first person that I ever ran into that didn't celebrate Christmas, at least the one I could remember. His name was Michael. We were in fourth grade together, and I remember we were doing some stuff in fourth grade, and we were drawing some pictures for Christmas, and I looked at Michael, and I said, I'm so excited for Christmas. And Michael looked at me and says, oh, we don't do Christmas at our house. And I thought, okay, there's a big problem. And he says, yeah, no, we, we're, we're Jewish. And, and I thought, I I mean, I had heard of that before, right? And I knew that there were Jewish people in the Bible, but I I never really had known anybody. And and my my instant thought was, how sad for you. And then Michael explained that they have eight days and they get presents eight nights. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe that's not so bad, right? But I remember feeling so sad for my friend and thinking how much he was missing out on but then I started to think about it. I mean, it was a little confusing as a fourth grader. I mean, I thought everybody celebrated Christmas, especially because the Christmas angels, they declared that this was good news of great joy for all people. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about that great news. We've been talking about how it brings great joy. To, and today we would just want to focus on this fact that it is for all people. 2,000 years before the angels made this proclamation of good news of great joy to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem, God let us know that his ultimate plan was for all people. You know, when God first created us, he he was in this loving relationship and then sin entered the world. And, and, And then because of sin, there was this quick spiral downhill and in Genesis, and the earth became a mess because it was filled with sin. Genesis chapter 8 verse 21 tells us that every inclination of the human heart was evil all the time. So where do you start to clean up a mess like 
that. Well, God chose to start with one person. He chose to, to start his, his process of, re, uh, of rescuing the world with one man, a guy named Abraham. And God invites Abraham into this amazing story of redemption. It, God invites Abraham to, to be the first guy stepping in, to be the kind of the, the father of this movement that would bring this great, good news of great joy for all people. And when he comes to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 1, God comes to Abraham and, and he looks at Abraham and he says these words. He says, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now that didn't sound like good news at first. Because back then, all of your safety, everything hinged on like being part of your group. And God says, no, I'm going to start a new thing. So you need to come over here and you need to go somewhere else. And then he said, hey, I, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Now that sounds great, except Abraham was really old already. He was like 75 years old and his wife was probably, you know, like 65-ish. And, and, and it's like, and they didn't have any children. So how do you become a great nation when you don't even have any descendants? And God says, yeah, I'm going to turn you into a great nation. And Abraham's like, that sounds like, that sounds good. I'm going to trust you, Lord. And so, and then he says, I will make your name great. Now, how many of you heard of Abraham before you stepped in the room this morning? Yeah? God did, God fulfilled that promise, didn't he? He made his name great. And then he says, and you will be a blessing. What we say around here all the time is you've been blessed to be a? This is where this comes from. From the very beginning of the process, God says, hey, you're gonna be, you're gonna be blessing and you will be a blessing. Then he says, I will bless those that bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And then he, and then here's this important part. It's, it's the greatest promise that, 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 that really is this foreshadowing towards the story of Christmas and the angel's proclamation. He says, and all peoples on earth, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What an amazing thing. Could you imagine if you could be part of something where you would just bless the whole world? God looks at Abraham and he says, if you will trust me, if you will take all of your safety and security, you know, that's over here and you set it aside and just trust me, if you will follow me, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. And then in return, you are going to become a blessing to all people. And this promise weaves its way through the entire Old Testament. And, and, and we watch carefully as, as God begins to craft this story to demonstrate to all of us how much he loves us, how much he loves mankind. His heart longs for people, all people. And, and, he, and God fulfills this promise to Abraham after 2,000 years of God just kind of making things happen behind the scenes and God working in people and the people messing up and God bringing them back and they mess up again and God keeps bringing them back and God works through and works in these people until this announcement is made to the angels and to, uh, for, by the angels to the shepherds just outside of Bethlehem. 
And so the shepherds received this incredible invitation. If you have your Bibles with you, I know this is a story that most of us know. I'm going to invite you to, to look in Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to start reading in verse 8. It's a story of these, uh, these, in, these wonderful shepherd guys that, that, that we all know as part of the, uh, the, the, um, the Christmas scene. Anybody ever a shepherd in the nativity before? Yeah. It says, and there were shepherds living in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I think Abraham was probably terrified too when God said, hey, leave everything and just follow me. Sometimes when God makes an invitation, it looks a little scary. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared to the angel, with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. God gives them this incredible invitation. You see, up until this time, God's plan, God, God's working, God's dealings were only with the descendants of Abraham, the children of Israel. But with the arrival of Jesus, God swings the doors wide open, inviting everybody in. And the Christmas story itself shows us that this good news of great joy really is for all people. The fact that these shepherds were, were the first to be invited into the story of Jesus' arrival is absolutely amazing. You see, because in this day and time, the shepherds, they were outcasts. They were the marginalized of, the, of society. Their jobs, working with all the sheep and, and all that stuff, I mean, made them ceremonial, ceremonially unclean. And they weren't even allowed into the synagogues, so basically they couldn't go to church. They couldn't go to the temple for worship. All the shepherds had this reputation of being kind of like the dregs of society, man. They, they, these guys were like the thieves. They were dishonest. In fact, their reputation was so bad that shepherds were not even allowed to testify in court because nobody trusted them. Not to mention, they smelled like sheep. Have you ever smelled a sheep? Man, if you ever touch a sheep, you will smell like sheep for a long, long time, right? They just stink. So these guys not only are outcasts, not only are they not trusted, they smell really bad too. Nobody invites the shepherds over for a party. Yet God invites them to the manger. I was thinking about that when I was thinking about these shepherds and how dirty and how smelly they were. You know, we've had the joy of, you know, we're up to seven grandkids now. And, we, you know, it's all, you go to the hospital. And, and man, nowadays, I mean, it's even different than when we had kids. Nowadays, man, you got to, like, scrub up to get anywhere near those babies, right? And there is, like, you know, disinfectant, this and everything. And sometimes you even got to put stuff on so that you can like hold these little babies. And I'm thinking here at the manger, these, these stinky, smelly, dirty shepherds just walk in. 
And I was thinking, could you imagine them walking into the delivery room at the hospital, right? How fast would they get escorted out of there? It's amazing, though, to me that that those who were not allowed into the temple for worship were the first ones invited to come and worship the newborn king. And the ones who weren't allowed to testify in court, they were the first ones to take the message out and to bear witness about the arrival of the long-awaited Messiah. But we shouldn't be surprised that God chose shepherds. Remember Abraham we just talked about? Anybody know what his occupation was? Shepherd. Remember Moses, the guy with the Ten Commandments? Remember how he saw God in the burning bush? Do you guys know what he was doing when he saw God in the burning bush? What was he doing? Shepherding. King David, Israel's greatest king, before he became king, right? When, when Samuel came to anoint the new king, they couldn't even find David, right? They didn't think he was worthy of all that. You know why? Guess where David was? Out in the fields with the sheep. He was shepherding. There's something amazing about this, and God has this great heart for the people who are these smelly, stinky, out-in-the-field individuals. There's something I just love about that. It's incredible that God chooses the outcasts, the marginalized. He invites them in, into key roles in the kingdom of God. He calls them in to be full participants in what God is up to. Because this is good news for all people. And then in the story, you know, there's the wise men. These guys were foreigners, probably like kings. There's probably more than three of them. There's more than likely an entourage. They were highly educated. They were very wealthy. They, they brought these expensive gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and they were the exact opposites of the shepherds. They weren't nearby. They came from far away. They were educated, not uneducated shepherds. They probably smelled way better, right? Because they had all these perfumes and things. So, and, and, and these guys were like kings, not outcasts. And God invites them into his amazing story as well. Again, displaying that this good news was for all people. Jesus' genealogy reminds us that he came for all people. The gospel of Matthew, as he begins his gospel after 400 years of silence, in Matthew, he starts out the, his gospel with the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, it, was, it was interesting, in Jesus' day, one's lineage was really important to establish your pedigree, your status in society. But Jesus' family tree, it had no status, it was full of knots, except for the king's right? Nobody else was really all that famous. And even the kings were kind of a mess. Matthew's gospel starts off, he says, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, and the son of Abraham. And he starts off, he says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. If you go through, oftentimes we would skip right past all of the genealogies and and get to the meat of the story of Christmas, right? But this is so important for us to realize because it tells us who was part of the story. How did God get from Abraham to Jesus? And, And what's amazing is, is most of these people have some real issues. 
Abraham, he even tells us in scripture that he chose Abraham not because he was great, but because he was the least of these. Because he and his wife had no children, so God had to do something miraculous in their lives so he could become a great nation. And then you've got his sons. You've got Jacob, whose name is Deceiver, right? How would you like that to be your nickname? And then he goes on here and he says, you know, he comes from the line of Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. The fact that Tamar is even included in this genealogy is really interesting because if you go back into this period of time, um, in most cases, especially because most people, it costs a lot of money to put these things, especially to write them down. And, and nobody, ha- and, and then in this day and age, you, you didn't include the women. And especially someone with a reputation like Tamar, if you know much about Tamar's story, if you don't, Genesis 38, right? Read it this afternoon. Crazy story, right? I mean, crazy story, right? She, she's the daughter-in-law of Judah. Uh, and, and Judah's son Ur was her husband, and then he died. And, and so there was this really interesting law in, in, in the Jewish law that said, hey, if, if, if one guy had uh, died, uh, his wife was supposed to go um, have children with his brother to preserve his brother's family line. I mean, it's kind of a crazy deal. Um, uh, and, and so what happens is, is um, the other brother, basically he's not cooperating. And so God gets mad at him and drops that other brother dead. Right for not cooperating with what he's supposed to do, and then there's a younger brother, but the father won't give um, her, you know Tamar the younger brother yet, and so she gets tired of waiting. So one day she dresses up like a prostitute and basically lures Judah in and ends up sleeping with her father-in-law to conceive a child. I, I know Jesus. Jesus's backstory sounds like a Jerry Springer show. It's, it's, it's like crazy time. It's like super nuts. But so what happens is, is that um, eventually, you know, um, Judah finds out that, that Tamar is pregnant. And, and by the way, he was probably a little too drunk to know what was going on. And so he doesn't even know what happened. And he finds out she's pregnant. And so he says, oh, she must have slept with somebody else. And so he wants her to get stoned to death. But then she says, hey, wait a minute. You're the father of the baby. I mean, this is some wild stuff going on here, right? But why was she, and and yet she's included in the genealogy of the Messiah? You skip down a couple verses in the genealogy to verse 5. And and it says, um, just a few years later, we run into two other women, Rahab and Ruth. Anybody remember who Rahab is? Right? She's a foreigner. First of all, she lived in the city of Jericho, and she was a prostitute. And when Joshua sends the spies, these spies in to spy out um, Jericho to see, hey, how are we going to take over the city? They go in, and, and still kind of baffling to me how they end up in the prostitute's house. But she, they say, hey, hide us. And so she says, I'll hide you as long as when you guys overtake the city, you don't destroy me and my family. And so they agree, and so she ends up saving the spies and everything, and then then she's saved when God causes the walls to collapse on Jericho. So then then there's Ruth, again, another foreigner, a Moabitess, right? She's a foreigner person, but then she becomes the grandmother to King David. 
And on and on the story goes. And, and, and it's amazing because then just a couple verses later, in verse, or the next verse in verse 6, it, ta- it, it gets to, king, to, to Jesse, who's the father of King David, and David the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. There's such a stain on King David's life that they won't even mention her real name here. You guys know who she is? Remember? What's her name? Yeah, Bathsheba, right? That gal who likes to bathe on the rooftop, you know? I, I, I mean, it, it's just kind of an interesting story, right? But, but, but why mention it here? Why mention it here? I, I think the amazing thing about including all of these names, and especially some of these women, is because they, they don't necessarily need to be there. The genealogy would flow just fine without their inclusion, but, and it would have saved anybody from embarrassment. But I think they're included most of all because God wants to point out that God uses everybody. That God uses broken, sinful people. He includes all people. He includes rich people and poor people, young people and old people. He uses men and he uses women. He uses everybody. It's for all, the story is for all people. And all people are invited. Jesus continues to remind us of this, of this, that this plan is for all people when he, when he picks his apostles. Simon Peter. Andrew, James, John, they're all part of the family business, right? They, they become fishermen. Why? Most likely they had to go back and become part of the family business because they couldn't cut it in, in Hebrew school. And, and so they were ones that weren't invited to be disciples of a rabbi somewhere until Jesus comes along. He chooses Matthew, a tax collector, somebody who was absolutely despised by everybody a traitor to his own people. He chooses Simon the Zealot to be one of his followers, one of his disciples. And and Simon the Zealot literally, by today's definition, would be a Middle Eastern terrorist. Jesus brings all these people together. Like I've said before, Jesus' life group was crazy. Right? The people he chose to bring together and the way that all of a sudden that that with Jesus at the center, he binds people together because of this incredible mission that he calls us to. Jesus brought all kinds of people together. Today, we live in a world though that is so divided. Our world is so divided today that, that what is good news for one group of people is bad news for another group of people, isn't it? I mean, think about it. What's good news for the Israelis is bad news for the Palestinians. What's good news for Ukrainians is bad news for Russians and vice versa. What's good news for China is bad news for the Taiwanese. What's good news for the Dodgers is bad news for the Angels. I just had to throw that in there. It's almost like it just, you know, we need a little bit of relief in all of this because we know that this is true. What's good news for Democrats is bad news for Republicans and we'll just fight it out, right? And so often, what is supposed to be good news for another group of people is 
not so good news. But when Jesus comes, he says, it is good news for all people. And I really started to ponder that this week. I started to think, what would be good news for everybody, regardless of who you were, regardless of your nationality, your race, your, your ethnicity, your socioeconomic um, situation? What would, what would be good news for everybody? And my mind started going all over the place. I thought certainly a cure for disease, a cure for cancer, that would be good news for everybody. And as I thought about that, God led me to this verse in Matthew 4, 23. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Jesus was good news. Maybe it would be to end hunger. And I started thinking about how many times did Jesus feed the multitudes with next to nothing? world peace, wouldn't that be good news for all of us right now? No matter who you are, no matter where you live, no matter what side of the conflict you're on, wouldn't world peace be great? And every year at the Christmas story, we highlight that he would be the almighty God, the wonderful counselor, the prince of. All of our answers are found in Jesus. The good news is found in Jesus because it's good news for everyone. Jesus is always good news for everyone. And the most amazing thing about this good news, this great news of, of great joy, is that it is for all people. I mean, that's what it says in, in John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Everyone is invited in. Just like those shepherds where everyone, gets, everyone is invited to participate. God loves the whole world. Not just a segment of it. Not just those of us who know him. He, he loves the whole world. I, I heard one pastor talking about John 3.16 and, and, and speaking about how God loved the whole world, everyone in it. That includes like all kinds of people. And, and then he started using the alphabet to start listing all the different people, right, that might be included. So, you know, when you think about all people. So I figured I would give it a go. You could make your own list. But this was kind of interesting. I just sat down. I started thinking about this. And I heard some of his. And I added to it and took some away. And, and, and I thought, okay, we'll just go through the alphabet. A, it's for all people. Architects and artists, athletes and astronauts, attorneys, auditors, addicts, agnostics, airplane pilots, all people. B, it's for bankers and bartenders and bakers and babies and babysitters and blondes and brunettes and blue-eyed people and brown-eyed people. He's there for bosses and bitter people and burned-out people and broken people. He came for all people. C, he came for the Cambodians and the Cubans, the caretakers, the cardiologists, the carpet cleaners, the clowns and the cooks and the CEOs and the cab drivers and the cat lovers and the cat haters. He came for all people. D, he came for dads. He came for Democrats and he came for disc jockeys. And he came for deadbeats and drama queens and drag queens and doctors and dentists and drummers and drunks. He came for all people. E, he came for engineers and electricians and environmentalists and economists and evolutionists and emoji users and even Emerald the chef. <laughs> F, he came for firefighters and French chefs and followers and, uh, followers and fighters and friends and the forgetful flossers. 
and those who do floss. Gee, he came for the greedy and the grouchy. He came for geometry teachers. He came for the gullible and the grateful. He came for the generous and the glamorous and the gastroenterologists. All people. H, he came for those who are harsh. He came for the homeless. He came for the homemakers. He came for the homosexuals and the homophobic. And he came for the Harley riders and the hipsters and the hippies. I came for ice skaters and the introverts and the influencers and the IRS agents and the imitators. Some of you are doubting some of these, but he came for everyone. (laughs) The Indians and the idiot that will cut you off on the freeway. He came for all people. He came for GA, the janitors, the jugglers, the justifiers, the junkies, the jammers, and the junk collectors. He came for K. Chloe, Courtney, Kim, Kendall, Kylie, (laughs) and Kanye, and all the Karens. I didn't know that would get such laughter, but man. And he came for the lazy and the loud and the landscapers and the landlords and the lawyers and the lunch ladies and the left-handed people. All people. He came for the missionaries, the mobsters, the mechanics, the moms and the mask wearers and the mask haters and the meth users and the messengers. And he came for the nerds and the needy, the narcissistic, the nurses, the napsters, the nappers and the night shifters. Oh, he came for the optometrists, the obstetricians, Olympians and oral surgeons. P, he came for preachers, programmers, pimps, politicians, police officers, protesters, progressives, porn stars, prostitutes, and the prideful. Q, he came for the quiet, for the quilters, for the queers, for the, for the Queen Latifah. I know some of them are hard to come up with ones. R, the Russians, the Rwandans, the Republicans, the rejected, the runners, the repairmen. As for the sassy, the sarcastic, the spunky, the spoiled, the smokers, the students, and those who are strange. T came for teachers, travelers, telemarketers, teenagers, trainers, toddlers, and transgressors, and those who are just train wrecked. B came for victims, for the victorious, for the violent, for vegetarians, for the violinists, and for the vocalists. W, he came for the worriers, the whiners. He came for women and the welders. He came for the waiters and the weightlifters and the window washers. X came for the x-ray technicians, the xylophone players, and those who are xenophobic. You try it, so... <laughs> Why he came for the young and the yuppies and the Yugoslavians. Z came for the zookeepers and the zealots. And some of you think I forgot you, but I didn't. He came for you. Came for the young you, the old you, the fearful you, the strong you, the depressed you, the busy you, the happy you and the sad you, the lonely you and the broken you the single you and the married you, the divorced you, the grieving you, the burned out you, the angry you, the confused you, the tired you. He brings good news of great joy for all people. 
And Jesus is inviting you to put your trust in him. The same way he asked Abraham to. The same way that he asked the shepherds to. But it doesn't just end with an invitation. Like the shepherds, we have to accept the invitation. The shepherds got quite a wild invitation. An angel shows up in in the night sky, and then the, the heavens just tear apart with the heavenly hosts. And this is what it tells us that the shepherds did in response to all of this. It tells us, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found, they found Joseph and Mary and the baby who was lying in the manger. See, they didn't just receive the invitation, they accepted the invitation. In John, Gospel of John, at the beginning of chapter 1, verse 9 to 12, he says this, he says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own. He came to his own people, but his own did not receive him. They got an invitation, they just didn't receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See, it's not enough just to receive the invitation. You have to respond to it. You have to accept the invitation. And the shepherds did. And what did they do? They found Jesus. And that's one of the big things we talk about here. Our mission is to help people find Jesus and to help people follow Jesus. But you have to move beyond just hearing the story. You have to move beyond just the niceties and the the cool things that we have and all that stuff and move it from just being a nice story to listen to. You have to accept the reality that that baby in a manger is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That he is God in the flesh. And that he's here for all people. He's here for you. And we need to believe in his name. And if we do, he gives us the right to become children of God. Because this invitation is for all people. So the question for you this morning might be, have you accepted God's invitation? Maybe you know the story. Maybe you've heard who Jesus is, but have you really accepted the invitation to make him Lord of your life? Maybe this morning you need to accept Christ. You need to move beyond like, yeah, I I like having this Jesus story be part of my life too. I'm going to make him Savior and Lord of my life. And the Bible says that we need to believe and that we need to accept Christ, put our trust in him. The Bible tells us that when we do, we should be baptized as a sign of our belief. Maybe that's the next step for some of you here. That would be the greatest Christmas present ever is to say, yes, I'll accept. I'm going to move beyond just hearing the invitation. I'm going to accept Jesus. I'm going to do what he asked me to do. And maybe this year that's, that's the gift you need to give your heavenly father. Have you accepted the invitation? 
And then it doesn't stop there because many of you in the room have said, oh yeah, I've accepted the invitation. Jesus is Lord of my life. Well, the shepherds take it one step further in Luke 2. Um, again, keeping, keeping going in the story, it says this. It simply says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. This is good news. Glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They received the invitation. They accepted the invitation. They accepted who this Christ was. But then what did they do next? They shared the invitation. And Jesus is asking all of us, who have accepted him as Lord to share the invitation with all people. All people. That's why here at MPFCC, we, we minister to people here in our own community. We minister to people in far off places like Cambodia and Liberia and other places. Even places that they don't celebrate Christmas yet. Because this message is for all people. And so we want to invite all people to find hope in the person of Jesus. In Romans 10, 13 to 15, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he says, How can they then call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching them? And how can someone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. My prayer for all of you today is that if you haven't heard the invitation, then you hear it loud and clear this morning. It's for you. Jesus is inviting you into his story. And if you have heard it, then I hope you've accepted it. And if you haven't, then maybe today will be the day for you to accept it. And if you've accepted it, then, then you need to share it couple quick ways that you can do that. Super easy. We're, we're going to try to make it easy, right? Baby steps for everybody. You got some cards on your seat. We gave you two, right? That maybe through this week you would take a couple of those cards and um, remember uh, they're not for you. Those are for somebody else. Invite a friend. Invite a neighbor. Here's a good one. Invite a complete stranger because the message is for all people. In fact, I'd go one further. Maybe invite the person who you're not sure you want to. Because the message is for all people. Not the people we choose, not the people we like, not the people that are just like us. The message is for all people. All people. We've also uh, made it easy because in today's day and age, remember the, 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 the wise men, they, they got their invitation from a star. Um, you can also use um, things that are out there in, in the sky like social media. So there's a, there's a thing here. In fact, you could take out your phones. I know we, don't t we tell you not to do this, uh, use your phones too much in church, but you know, you just take your phone, click on that, and it's gonna send you to our, I think it's our Instagram reel. And you could just share that share that and it's inviting people to just say hey friend hey all of my friends hey everybody we just want to flood the area with an invitation for people to come on christmas eve and hear 
the good news that will bring great joy. Why? Because it's for who? All people. And so today, if you need to accept Jesus, I'm going to be right down here. I'm going to ask our staff and any of our elders to, you know, some of them maybe to come here and some of them maybe to go uh, sit in the back and just, uh, if you would like to come and talk to us about it, either while we're singing or after, uh, make today the day that you say, yes, I will accept that invitation. Or maybe while we're singing, God's going to put in your mind the people who you're going to invite. But we're all called into this amazing story because it really is good news. It causes great joy. And it is for all people. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the indescribable gift of Jesus. Thank you for the joy that he can bring. Thank you, Father, that your invitation is for all of us. And so, Father, we don't have to guess. We don't have to worry. We don't have to think about it. It's just everyone, Father. The invitation is for all. And God, I pray that you would help us to see all people as people that you love, people that you died for, people that you desire to have a relationship with, and that, God, we would embrace them and share the invitation so they can experience your good news. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the NPFCC Messages podcast. If you'd like to support the work of our church, head to npfcc.org give to make a one-time or reoccurring gift. For more information about us, you can always check out our website at npfcc.org. Again, that's npfcc.org.